Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pagans Tonight Radio Network, the voice of the pagan world. Pagans Tonight is sponsored by Witchschool.com, your anyone, anytime, anywhere magical education. And hello, this is Reverend Don Lewis coming to you from beautiful Florida, and this is Elder Talk Radio. And if you follow Elder Talk Radio, you will know uh, that each month, Corellian First Priestess, Lady Stephanie Neal, incoming First Elder, Lady uh, Alyssa Maxim Kemp, and Paladin General Sir Ed Hubbard, each discuss the same subject, um, from our various different points of view. And the four of us um, will approach those subjects often in very different ways. And we feel this is valuable for a number of reasons, but particularly to show how subjects can be approached from different points of view and yield a much broader meaning than when viewed from just one vantage point. This month, our subject are the Corellian virtues. And uh, we have a set of nine virtues that um, we exalt in the Corellian tradition. And I'm going to be talking about those, but also the concept of virtue in general and how perhaps the Corellian point of view differs from some others. And I think that, uh, that this is actually a very important subject because it speaks to how we look at um, the universe as a whole. So I'm going to start by talking about the idea of virtue. And we take the Aristotelian view of virtue, which is that virtue does not exist in extremity. Virtue exists in the median, um, not in the extremities. And this is very different from some other um, some other religions that look at um, things in terms of opposites. And so, for example, in some, in some philosophical systems, you have the idea of good versus bad as opposites um, at differing ends of a single continuum, whereas we would say that the continuum goes from bad through good and back to bad at either extremity. And what do I mean by that? What I mean is that whether you have too much or too little of any given quality, that is when it becomes bad. It's in the center where it exists in a, a moderate and um, we'll say an ideal state. That's where it is a virtue. That's where it's good. And as we talk about our Corellian nine virtues, um, I will try to highlight that to some extent to make it clearer. But for example, I often, I often talk about the idea that within our philosophy, there, there is no concept of, quote, evil, end quote. Uh, although one might use it in a colloquial sense, but in the sense that you find it in certain other philosophies, we simply don't have it for a number of reasons. But one of them is that we look at existence in this way. Uh, extremity is bad but that does not make it um, 
a force dedicated to being bad. It simply means that it's being applied in too much or too little of, um, of what it should be. And I think that I would say that everything that we look at, this will be true for, that um, anything we might perceive as being bad um, is because it's in the extreme. And when we look at the median, that's where we see things as being good. And you might say, well, how can you have how can you have too much of any good quality? But um, the fact is that you can. So let us talk about the Corellian Nine Virtues and how this applies to that. And um, the first of those virtues is honesty. And you might say, you know, honesty is always good. How can you have how can you have um, how can honesty become bad by being too much? Um, well, obviously, too little honesty is deception, um, and therefore is bad. But too much honesty um, can be brutal in its own way. Honesty that is used to to hurt other people, even though what's saying being said might be true, it is not a virtue when it's being used as a weapon uh, to to cause others' pain. Uh, too little honesty again, is a, is a vice because it is deception, but too much honesty, um, too, too much honesty becomes um, cruelty in, in some cases. The second virtue is generosity. And you might say, how can you have uh, too much generosity? Obviously, too little generosity um, is bad. But how can too much generosity be bad? And the answer to that is that too much generosity is, is um, profligacy. Um, and when we, when we are too generous, we, we give away the means of doing good, the means of, um, of maintaining ourselves. Um, and, you know, it's always good to try to help others. But if you help others to the point that you yourself no longer have resources, then the next time someone needs help, you won't be able to give it. That is how generosity can become a vice by being too much. Um, the third virtue is sincerity. And obviously, again, too little sincerity uh, is a bad thing, but how could, how could too much sincerity be a bad thing? And uh, my answer to that is that too much sincerity um, I'm looking for the words for it, but too much sincerity is um, what? What is the word? Virtue signaling, uh, humble bragging. Um, when 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 a person is too sincere, sometimes what they're really doing is simply building their ego. Um, but in its, in its proper median form, sincerity is very important. So that's, that's what I mean when I say that too much or too little. Uh, courage is the fourth virtue. And obviously, too little courage is timidity. But what is too much courage? It's foolhardiness. Uh, it's taking um, 
dangerous risks that don't need to be taken and can cause damage for yourself or others. Um, one absolutely can have too much courage in certain situations. Uh, service is the fifth virtue. Obviously, too little service is being unwilling to help others, but too much um, is, is, again, squandering your resources, enabling bad behavior. Um, by do, doing too much for people, you can actually make their situations worse sometimes. Uh, practicality is the sixth of the Corellian virtues. And obviously, too little practicality is, um, is, is foolishness, but too much practicality can be joylessness. Uh, if your sole focus is being practical, you can leave out many of the things that make life fun and enjoyable. So this, too, can become a bad thing in excess. And the, the idea that I'm trying to describe is that anything in excess can become bad. Now, of course, the, the Corellian motto, the, the, well, the High Corell family motto was all things in excess, but it didn't mean excess in this way. It meant to have enough of what you need. Um, but in this sense, when you take things to their extremity, um, that even the good will become bad. Modesty is the seventh virtue. And obviously, too, too little modesty um, can be arrogance and, and pridefulness, but too much modesty um, is self-denial, um, refusing to face the things that you actually do have skill in and therefore perhaps refusing to use them, um, not having an honest view of yourself. Uh, modesty is a wonderful virtue, but again, neither too much nor too little is desirable. Compassion is the eighth virtue. And obviously too little compassion is hard-heartedness, but what is too much compassion? Again, enabling of bad behavior. Uh, when I would not, I, I, you know, I would go far enough to say that all situations deserve compassion, uh, but it's not necessarily the only thing that you should bring to certain situations. Um, one of the um, examples I like to use is the person who is looking for help but refuses to apply it, and often that person is. Um, when you see that behavior, they're really looking more for sympathy and less for help. And sometimes they're in a self-destruct that you cannot stop. Uh, and I, I tend to like the uh, example of Caroline Mice, who said that um, when someone comes to you for help and advice, you, of course, should give it. But if they come back to you looking for advice on that same issue, well, you should ask them what happened when they applied the, the first set of advice. And if they, in fact, applied it, um, feel free to advise them more. But if they come back a third time, but if they, if they did not apply it, then you should basically advise them to do what you advised in the first place. And if they come back a third time and still have not applied the advice but are looking for more sympathy, at that point you should stop because you're merely enabling a bad behavior. Um, Compassion is very, very important in life, but sometimes it becomes enabling. And at that point, it's not helpful to the person. 
Certainly, I'm not suggesting you should not feel compassion uh, or even show compassion, but you should know the point at which you are moving from helping to hurting the situation. And the final virtue, the ninth virtue, is piety. And what we mean by piety is, is what's sometimes called right relationship. Uh, piety is respect for others. It's most commonly used in the sense of respect for deity or spiritual things. Also, you'll hear uh, filial piety, which is respect for parents and other members of one's family. Uh, but in, in um, our view, piety can apply to any relationship. And this too, how can it be both good and bad? Well, obviously, if you're without piety, you're without respect for others. But too much piety, and um, you may find yourself deferring when, in fact, you should not. You may find yourself um, giving away your own power, which you do not want to do. So this too, in excess, is bad. So uh, the first point that I want to make is that excess, whether too much or too little, is always bad, and the good lies in the middle, not at the extreme. So if you hear me talk about good and bad, I'm not talking about um, two things at opposite ends of the spectrum, but rather a, a good quality that can become bad if taken to either extreme. And I think this is a very important understanding. And it prevents one from really seeing things in black and white, but requires you to see things in grays. Um, because each of the things I've just described, there's a tipping point where it moves from good to bad. And that is very definitely a gray point. Um, when it gets all the way out into, into extremity, it's definitely bad. When it's in the middle, it's definitely good. But where it moves from one to another uh, is not like flicking a switch. Uh, in certain other philosophies uh, besides Corellianism, they do tend to look at things, one, as being at opposite ends of the continuum, but also as being flicking a switch right in the middle. Things are never actually that simple. Um, Life is complex. Understanding what is good and what is bad is, is a complex business. Uh, obviously, um, you understand that complexity more as you age. But um, trying to portray everything in terms of, um, of um, well, we'll say good and evil with, with everything being one or the other is more of an aspect of D&D than it is of um, developed philosophy, in my opinion. So when we talk about our Corellian virtues, we're talking about them in this sense. Now, I'm going to go back to the virtues themselves. And now I'm going to talk about them as, well, as, as virtues. And the first virtue is honesty. And why, why do we need honesty? Uh, there are a lot of reasons we need honesty, a lot of reasons we should be honest, and a lot of reasons we should hope for honesty from others. But the most important one, obviously, is knowing what is actually happening, where people actually stand, which makes life much simpler. It also um, is a more – it also speaks to expressing yourself in the world. Um, and so we, we regard honesty as being the first of the virtues. But again – too little or too much 
and move into different territory and no longer be a virtue. But when properly employed, honesty is a very important virtue. Generosity is the second. Honesty, of course, is about being true to yourself. Generosity is about helping others. And this is very important. And again, too little or too much can become a problem. But, you know, if we don't help others, we can't really expect help ourselves when we need it. And the truth is we are. I mean, on one hand, the race is is run by one and one, as Kipling said. But on the other hand, we're all in it together uh, to load you down with some platitudes. Um, But truly, we we share an earth. And though... Our, our soul experiences may be unique to, to ourselves. The events of our incarnations are shared. And a generous spirit makes this a much, a much more pleasant uh, experience to be willing to give and also willing to take when, when, when generosity is given to you. Um, the, 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 this only makes life much better. Sincerity. And uh, sincerity can also be understood as integrity, being who you are, being what you are, uh, and being clear in that rather than being um, what, what, how, how best to explain this. I'm, I'm thinking of a certain politician once who um, was famous for changing their positions according to whatever the polls happened to say that day. That is the opposite of sincerity. Um, that would be too little sincerity. And uh, to, have, to have your views, to believe your views, to live your views, uh, we feel is very important. And too little of that, um, and you really have no integrity. Too much of it, you can become far too rigid, like everything else. The virtue is in the median, but to be who you are, to be what you believe, to be the change you want to see, to use uh, Gandhi's famous phrase, these things we feel are very important. The fourth virtue, again, is courage. Why is courage important? Well, I guess today is platitude day because you know, they, they, they say that um, the coward dies a thousand deaths and, and the brave person only once. Well, when we think in terms of incarnation, that's perhaps not um, strictly speaking true, but the sentiment is still true uh, that um, when you're afraid of everything, you, you suffer greatly for things that really often do not affect you or should not affect you in that way. When you have the courage to, uh, to live your convictions, the courage to take the actions you know to take, the, uh, the courage to be who you are, um, you have far less worry, you have far less fear, you have far less difficulty. And of course, too much courage is foolhardiness. You don't want to, to go that far. You want to stay in the middle. Um, service, the, um, the fifth of the virtues. Generosity, this is, is about how you treat other people. And also, how you treat organizations you might belong to, things that you believe in, uh, to be of service is to advance the things that you believe in, the things you want to see in the world. Um, you can look at it as being entirely about others, but you can also look at it 
as being in advancing the future you want to see. And so service is a win-win situation when you pursue it in this way. When you are building a better world by serving others, you're also building a better world for yourself. Um, and when we work to make a better world, when we work to serve um, to serve others, to serve our organizations, to serve our world, we're really improving everything for everyone. It's not, um, it can be a very selfless thing in the moment, but it also uh, always, always does benefit the doer because when you make the world a little bit better, the world is in fact a little bit better. Technicality, um, which is the sixth virtue. This actually, I, w- I would say, is a very important point with Corellians that I often do not see with others. Uh, practicality is so important. And so often I see people who are running after ideology and forgetting practicality and all the things they say they believe, all the things they they claim to hold important, um, never get anywhere because they bring no practicality to it. Practicality is what gets things done. And without that, you're just talking into the wind. And of course, too little practicality is, again, talking into the wind. Too much, again, can be to become rigid, to become joyless. So you don't want to do that. But you do want to bring practicality to the things you do. Um, Sir Edward has a saying that he is enamored of, uh, which is progress before perfection. And I have learned to be enamored of this idea as well. It's more important uh, to get it done. And I've known so many people have so much potential, but never got anything finished because they needed it to be perfect. And nothing ever is perfect. Um, practicality to some extent is the art of good enough Um, because you know it's not a painting until you put in the last stroke until then it's just a painting in progress it's not a book until you've finished the last page it's not um, a project if it never gets off the drawing board practicality says that you must actually do it for it to matter, and you must do it in a way that makes sense. Um, I think that this is a very important thing to bring to life. And uh, if you look at the the success which the Corellian tradition has experienced over over these many years, I think that practicality is one of the major reasons for it. Uh, the eighth of the, uh, or I beg your pardon, the seventh of the nine virtues is modesty. And modesty, well, if you want to understand why modesty is important, spend time with someone who has none, and you will quickly understand. Modesty does not mean self-effacing. Modesty means um, respecting other people's accomplishments as well as your own. It means understanding that we all play a part and giving other people room um, to play their part and receive their kudos uh, and not try to suck down all the oxygen. And I think that modesty 
well, if we if we look over the last, over recent years, I think it's very evident that modesty has um, not got a place in the lives of some people. But uh, it certainly makes life better when people can allow others to also have central stage and not have to try to occupy it in every moment. And obviously, too too little modesty um, is clearly bad. Now, too much modesty, again, does become self-effacement. You don't want to go there. But to be modest about the things you have done, you know, I think the greatest compliment, one of the greatest compliments I have ever received came from uh, the beloved Archpriestess Dina of the Fellowship of Isis, who, um, after I mentioned, or someone had mentioned something I'd done, remarked that she, she had known me for years and had no idea of many of the things that I had, I had done. And I was very pleased with that because I had known Lady Dina in her court as an Icean archpriestess. I did not come there and talk about everything I did in the Corellian tradition or other things I was involved in, such as the pagan interfaith embassy. I came there uh, as an Icean and did not bring everything else in. And so when she later started to discover the other things I've done, um, to me, that was a wonderful thing. And um, I try not to be one of those those people who gives my entire biography when I first meet a person. Oh, I did this and I did this and I did this because what is worse <laughs> than having that experience on the other end? Uh, I have. To, I will say when I write a bio for an event, obviously I'm a, I must approach it in terms of what I've done. But in daily life, I would not like to do that because I do believe in modesty, and I think modesty makes for a much better world. I think it's delightful when you find out that a person you have known, um, well, when there's more to find out about them, uh, instead of being being um, bombarded with everything they've done in the first five minutes. Compassion is the eighth virtue, and what what is virtuous about compassion? Well, you know, life without compassion is pretty bleak, which again we can see a lot of in recent years. Uh, I, there are some pitiless people in this world, and I think that's a, a great sadness. I think that when we bring compassion to life, we not only help other people's lives, but we help our own by by uh, making a much better world. I was speaking with um, with Sir Edward earlier today about how we, as Corellians, ultimately believe in a friendly universe. And because of that, that's pretty much what we get. You know, I know people who, who live in very dark places. And I think if they only realized that if they would come out of the darkness themselves, their world would become brighter, uh, it would be a better place for them. Compassion is part of this. Compassion is seeing... Um, the potential good in, in situations and feeling empathy for people who are in bad places and seeing how that could be improved. Uh, using compassion to approach other people, other situations, I think uh, is very, very important. And of course, too much compassion, as we said earlier, can enable bad behaviors. Uh, and too little is simply heartless. But when properly applied, compassion, I think, is one of those things that transforms the whole world. 
And the final virtue is piety, which again is good relationship. And why, why is this important? And I think that when we are respectful in our relationships, I, I, it's like um, it makes everything run better. Everyone likes to be treated with respect, with courtesy, uh, and, and with decency, which is what piety is all about. Um, acknowledging other people's accomplishments, acknowledging other people's positions makes them feel good. Um, and, you know, I don't see why it wouldn't make, make, a first, make you feel good as well, because it shows you what can be done. And to acknowledge what people have done does not take away from you in any way. Uh, to acknowledge other people's positions does not take away from you because one day you might be in that same position or you might have that same accomplishment. Um, now, of course, too much uh, piety becomes a bad thing, as does too little. And um, let us take as an example filial piety, particularly piety towards one's parents. This is the idea that you should be respectful toward your parents. And I think that all things being equal, this is important. Um, but I will say I've known some people who had some pretty crappy parents. Um, and in that situation, you would want to have a little bit less filial piety, perhaps. Filial piety enough to, to be respectful as you would be to any person, but not to listening to uh, demands from, let's say, a narcissistic parent, of whom sadly there are many, uh, whose goals are not uh, for the welfare of their children. But under normal circumstances, I think that filial piety can be very important. And part of filial piety to me is also realizing that parents, grandparents, um, and children for that matter, anyone within a family that you would have a relationship with. And for that matter, even beyond filial piety, piety in general, um, in our human relationships is recognizing that the other person in that relationship is a human. And as such, they are heirs to all of the same pitfalls we are, and we cannot expect them to be perfect. Um, I think that a person truly becomes an adult when they realize that their parent is just another person who did the best that they could in most circumstances. Um, and that as long as you are expecting perfection from your parents, that you really are not yet an adult. It's when you come to see that we're all just people doing the best we can according to what we are able to do, which doesn't mean they did well. Almost, it can, obviously, but understanding that someone did the best they can doesn't necessarily mean that you're saying they did well. It means you acknowledge that they did what, what, what they could see to do. And in the end, I think everyone does. If they don't do better, it's because they did not understand or did not see to do better. Um, but again, I think that piety in, in our daily life is very important. I'm a great fan of the teachings of Confucius. Uh, so naturally, I'm a believer in piety because that's one of the, the key teachings of Confucius, although I certainly don't take it as far in my views as a true Confucian would. But I think it's a very important aspect of society, and I think we could use so much more of that in, in society today. I think, I think the level of um, 
selfishness, addiction to outrage, uh, impoliteness, incivility that we see in society these last 30 years um, are extraordinarily destructive. And a little more, a little more social piety would help us all. A little more respect for each other's positions, even when we disagree. A little more respect for each other as people, I think, would go a long way toward making a better world. And this too, on a familial level, and also obviously at a spiritual level, when you are working with deity in whatever form you are working with deity in, obviously you want to be respectful and have a respectful relationship. And um, and that too is part of piety for. For some people, it's the only place they see the concept of piety, and I think that's unfortunate because it really is all relationships. And so those are our nine Corellian virtues, and uh, the nine Corellian virtues are only one of a number of different um, collections of nine virtues. Several different movements have um, have that. In the Corellian tradition, it ties into our teachings about the the Ennead and the Enneagram, um, which you mostly get into in third degree. And there's a reason that there are nine. But um, if I were to go into that, it would be another half hour. So with that, I think I will end for today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. And until next time, may you blessed be.